Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Crystal. It's so nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, Elijah. It's so nice to be here. How are you? <laughs> in fine as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show. The chief to invite amazing guests, you know, amazing guests like Crystal to come talk to us about their triumphant stories. Because we believe that um, in our audience, there might be someone who is talked up in a situation that Crystal came out of triumphantly. So by that person listening to you speak, he or she might actually pick an information from you that will lead to their transformation. So the show is basically about transformation, transformation, and transformation. So within the next My few minutes, Crystal. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So within the next few minutes, Crystal, let us get started with your story, the challenges that you faced, and how you overcame them. And afterwards, I've got some beautiful questions for you. So over to you, Crystal. Oh, thank you so much, Elisha. I I'll try to give you the short version because I don't want to take the whole day. <laughs> um, but essentially, <laughs> I was so I'm from Southern Alabama. Um, Alabama is a state in Southern United States, um, so it's near Florida and Georgia. Um, and so I grew up in a very rural part of Alabama. It was basically filled with cows, and we had like one traffic light, one major traffic light that went through the town. So usually people pass through on their way to the beach. It was very a very small town, um, and so I grew up in public housing apartments in that town. It's called Ozark, and um, I grew up in public housing apartments with both my parents for a time being, and then my uh, siblings. So I'm one of ten. I'm number seven, and um, so when I grow when I was growing up, we definitely had a lot of noise in the house, but we had so much fun. We had a really awesome childhood. We we didn't even know that we were in kind of a economically difficult or disadvantaged situation because of just sure fun and love that we felt growing up from my parents. And also like just being in our neighborhood, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, when I was about 11, um, that changed because I lost my dad to leukemia. He was battling cancer for a couple of years and he ultimately lost his battle with cancer. And as you can imagine, that changed so much for me and my family. And I was the daddy's girl by heart, <laughs> like literally. Um, my dad was like my first superhero. And I always thought he was the smartest man in the world. And so I would always ask him to teach me how to read and write and teach me how to like learn stuff. I just love learning things from him and he would teach me. So I learned how to read and write before I like started school. And I was like always kind of like trying to learn more because I felt so empowered when I knew something. Um, and so when he passed away, um, a lot of things changed. My personality changed, my family dynamics changed, and we moved a total of six times within a period of like a year and a half. Um, my mom had to file for bankruptcy, the whole like ordeal. It was just kind of a downhill, downhill spiral for many years. Um, and then eventually one day, um, things started to get better and they started to get better and better. And obviously, you know, there was still a, a huge gap left in the family when my dad passed. but 
um, essentially my mom was able to build up the family. She found a good job and my siblings graduated. I graduated from high school. I started going to college and um, I got scholarships to go to school because obviously my mom couldn't pay for it. <laughs> and then um, once I got the scholarships, including the Bill Gates scholarship. So it's a scholarship that was funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, their foundation. And it basically sent students to school for 10 years. And so um, I pretty much just used the money that I got from scholarships to fund my education. And it's been about 11 years and I'll be graduating with my PhD this year. So I, I took the whole, I did it fully out. Like I <laughs> milked it. <laughs> I really did milk it, <laughs> but I, I love learning um, as I stated previously. So it was okay. Like um, I'm grateful for the path that the most high has led me on. And I'm grateful that I can now share my story with other people who are maybe overcoming difficulties. Um, but it was it was a, a journey, <laughs> needless to say, but I'm grateful for it. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the transformation. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, yeah. I love I love what you said, that the path that the most I has placed you on, that's so beautiful. Yes. You know, recognizing recognizing the most I, oh no, I love it. Yes. I really love it. Okay. Yes. So, I couldn't do this yeah. on my own. There's an yes. invisible intelligence that's been guiding me from day yeah. one. That's, that's guided my sisters, my family, and everyone that, that you just have to be aware of it, you know? Mm, invincible intelligence. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Crystal, let us begin with the questions. All right, are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm okay. ready. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so mm, let us talk about Crystal Clear Insight. How can mm -hmm. one turn life lessons into best selling literature? You got that? Mm. I do. That is a very, very good question. And the short answer that I can give is that you have to be courageous. You have to be bold because a lot of the things that we experience are so difficult that a lot of people don't want to talk about it. They kind of shove it down or they shove it away. And I did that for many years, which is why I had anxiety and depression, because I was shoving everything that happened to me, all the tragedy down deep into my body. And it was creating a lot of conflict, inner conflict. And then once I wrote Crystal Clear, I realized that my story was used to help other people. And my mom is the main reason why I wrote that book, because she told me that basically if I wrote a book and I talk about my journey of overcoming challenges, that it could help other people. And she said that if someone came to me and asked for help, she would say, just tell them to read your book and you put everything there because it is a long journey. So that's why the book isn't like one page. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of steps in it. And one of the things that kind of even further, I guess, influenced me to create the book was because people were messaging me and saying, oh, you made it look so easy. And I guess like in a way I was a little bit triggered by that because I'm like, it wasn't easy. Like I wouldn't say it was easy. I would say that the step, the path forward was definitely clear. It was definitely simple in a way, but not easy. So simplicity doesn't necessarily mean um, ease, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's clear, but I can definitely elaborate on that if you'd like, but yeah, I guess I was just at a point in my life where I was willing to use my voice. I was I was willing to tell my story so that I could help other people. And just seeing the amount of impact that that book has had on people I've never met before, people in different parts of the world that message me on Instagram and say how my book has helped them. That to me was the best part about writing it. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done <laughs> because it took me being very honest with myself. It was the first time in my life where 
I was able to look at my story all in one place because you have to realize that while I was doing all those things as in my bio and accomplishing all those goals, I was tunnel vision. I didn't see anything. I didn't feel, I was just, I was completely tunnel vision, almost like an athlete. Like I just, I just went for it. And so I never really stopped and realized that I was living inside of an answer prayer. So that was the first time in my life where I had to really stop. And I was like, wow, like my dreams came true. Like I'm, I'm really doing the things that I always wanted as a kid. And I was just crying while reading it. So, <laughs> so it was, it was hard, but it was, it was worth it. <laughs> Like Dub's dad. Okay, the second question. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. How can how can one integrate spirituality in public health? Mm. I do. So I don't know if my view on spirituality is very mainstream. So I view spirituality not as a religious thing. It can, it has religious aspects like religiosity and spirituality do have some overlap, but I view spirituality as a connection to all of life, a connection to yourself, a connection to nature and a connection to other people. And spirituality has helped me in public health because it's helped me see that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And because of that connection that we all play, listen, listen, don't let me start it, Elijah. This is this. This topic is so dear to my heart. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> it's good. good. But, listen, but yeah, it was just like, I realized that, yeah, we're spiritual beings having a human experience and that spiritual connection that all of us has in, like, in this entire world has helped me realize that a lot of the issues that we face in public health are because of our lack of awareness of who we really are. And I wanted to bring spirituality to public health so I could show that we are having this spiritual, almost like, so I call it psycho-spiritual experience. And a lot of the things that are happening internally are being expressed in the way that we experience health, the way that we experience a connection in our community. So if we can, if we can address the things that are going on internally, then our external world can do nothing but fall into place. But a lot of people are trying to fix the external world and thinking that will make them happy. And I did that for, for so many years and it doesn't work that way. It's an inside out approach, not an outside in. Hmm. Hmm. I got that. Okay. Still have some questions. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> okay, so it says that. You've been on a fascinating journey of both personal and spiritual growth alongside yes. your academic career. So how, yes. has this, how has this journey evolved over time? And what key moment or insight have been pivotal in shaping both your personal development and your professional path? What a long question. <laughs> but I... I, I... Listen, I felt every part of it because as you were speaking, I'm like, ooh, how long do you want to answer me? (laughs) Listen, it was rough in the beginning. It was, it was rough, like to a point to where I felt, so there's parts of my childhood, like I mentioned um, in the beginning, like I witnessed the death of my father. Like it's one thing to watch a parent to know that you lost a parent, but it's another thing to watch a parent 
die. Like to watch, like I watched my father's health decline. I watched as after his passing away, my completely, like everything about my family dynamic shifted. I watched all the struggles that my mom faced. She couldn't grieve because she was trying to be strong for her children. So I didn't grieve because children watch their parents and they watch how their parents deal with difficulties. So when I saw that my mom didn't cry or that she didn't stop whenever my dad passed away, she she didn't have a choice. She had to keep going. What was she going to do? You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, I always felt like it wasn't okay for me to miss my dad that it wasn't okay for me to grieve the loss of my dad. And so because I was kind of suppressing that grief deep within my heart, I struggled with anxiety. And like I said, depression, I used to have panic attacks, um, which used to send me to the nurse's office um, when I was in school. And I didn't know what they were. I didn't know there was a name for what I was experiencing until I started researching this stuff. Um, so when I was first, when I first started school, I was dealing with all of these internal things, these mental health issues, and also trying to navigate school. So you can imagine, like that was, that was very hard, <laughs> but on the outside, I was smiling. I didn't want anyone to know what I was dealing with. Um, I didn't want people to know I was struggling. I was embarrassed, you know, to, to, when I, whenever I would have panic attacks in class, the first thing I would do was get up and go to the bathroom because I didn't want anyone to see me crying or to see me struggling to catch my breath. Um, and so it was just like one of those things where it's like, I definitely hit it for a long time. But to answer your question about the moment of insight, when I was 23, I was at probably the lowest in my life, um, at a point to where I was trying to get my first master's degree. And I was like, okay, when I get my degree, I can be happy. Like once I get my degree, I can be happy. Well, Elijah, I got my degree and I was not happy. <laughs> in fact, I think I felt even more miserable. <laughs> Because I was I was banking on this event to make me happy. I was like, okay, once I get my degree, I'll be happy. And it happened and I wasn't happy. So I it just sent me even further down into a very like sad state. <laughs> and then one morning I woke up and I remember I looked up at my curtains and my curtains in my apartment were sheer gray. So I guess they like a sheer like these curtains behind me, but they were gray. And I remember I looked at my curtains and I when I woke up, it, I don't know what time it was, but I just remember when I woke up, I thought, wow, I really wish I didn't wake up. Like I had that thought. And in that moment, I realized that there was a separation that happened because I was like, wait, if I just had that thought and I'm aware of that thought that existed, then who am I the thought or am I the awareness behind the thought? And so that created this whole shift in my, in my body. And I was just like, okay, what's happening? And I didn't even know that that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. I just knew that I was aware that there was a separation between my thoughts and who I really was. And so at, in that moment, I told myself, okay, I don't know who this person is right now. I don't know who this depressed crystal is. Can't figure it out. She's not happy. I don't know who this person is, but I want to know if I can get back to the crystal I remember before the trauma, the one that smiled, the one that loved life, the one that was always open and free. Like I wanted to get back to her. Um, and so that kind of started my my journey of spiritual growth. And it just so happened that I was in school. And I think school provided the perfect avenue to start that journey because I realized that, okay, I'm doing something. I'm trying to accomplish my goal. But at the same time, I also have to work on myself at the same time. Because if I accomplish this goal of getting my PhD and I'm not happy by the end of it, then somebody needs to answer some questions. <laughs> So like, that's why I was like doing the work on the inside while also working on my goals on the outside. So I hope that's clear, but I can definitely elaborate on any part of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's clear, it's clear. And you just <laughs> answered my next question. <laughs> okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, um, in conclusion, Krista, 
let's say there's mm. a piece of advice you like to give to the audience what would that be and let's say there are some people mm. listening and they would love to reach out to you learn more about your book and get your book and all of that yes. how can that be possible i love this question especially the first part the one thing i would say to your audience is take the time to know who you are as some of the oldest ancient wisdom know thyself because when you know who you are then there's nothing in this world that you can't achieve. There's no place that you can walk into where you feel inadequate or inferior, or there's nothing that someone can tell you that you internalize because you know who you are on the inside. And I won't say that that process will be necessarily easy, but I will say it'll be simple and it'll be rewarding and you'll have peace. You'll have something greater than happiness. You'll have peace and you'll have well-being. And that's what I would leave with your audience. And to the second part, <laughs> um, if they would like to connect or ask me anything, my website is Crystal T. Harrell. So T as in Tango, my middle initial. Um, so you can just reach out to me there. I have all of my social media links on there. You can also find me on Instagram at Crystal Harrell underscore um, and shoot me a DM if you have any questions. But I'm always willing to talk to people, especially young adults, because that's the population I work closely with. Um, because I, I identify with them. I know there's a lot of stuff happening developmentally and also emotionally. Um, and so I want to do everything that I can to help that population. So please reach out to me if you have any questions. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> so so um, that's going to be the end of the show. Thank you so very much, Christian. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank, Thank you. you for honoring the invite. It still means a whole lot, I tell you. And you know what? You've just blessed mm. me with so much insight, I tell you. And I'm so sure that by the time mm. the listeners are going to be listening to this podcast, it is going to transform them, I tell you. Very mm. beautiful. So, wow, thank I you. I feel so that much. in my spirit. Wow. Thank you, Elijah. This is a beautiful space. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.